often will talk about what problem do you solve? Because if you don't know the problem that you solve, you're just putting content out there. You're just throwing it up mm. against the wall. You're not really putting anything out there. And someone will say to me, oh, well, I'm a fashion blogger and I'm creating outfits. Okay, but what's the actual problem that they're having? Hey, you're listening to the How to Turn Your Goals into Reality podcast, where I firmly believe that your wildest dreams are 100% possible. My name is Teresa, and I'm obsessed with goal setting for results, using systems to make it easier, mastering neuroscience to transform your life, and helping you to figure out how to get your life to work for you. So I'm a city chick who started an online business with two kids under two years old. And yes, I know I was crazy. (laughs) And I created $4,000 in less than 14 days. But that, my friend, was just the beginning. Since then, I've been able to multiply that by helping people just like you to create an impact in the world while living their purpose. And here, I teach you proven strategies and best kept secrets to building a life that is aligned with your vision and helping you to blaze a trail to your unique destiny. Miss an opportunity to keep it real? (laughs) Never. Success and failure mixed with a lot of business plus audacious goal setting while trying to figure out motherhood and purpose are all a few things that we talk about here. So how about you think about this as your one-stop shop, the place that you go to, to spend time with your inner circle and to be around like-minded, ambitious trailblazers who are committed to living a life full of purpose and impact no matter what. Grab your favorite notebook, pour a glass of your favorite bottle of Moscato, and get ready to be challenged, inspired, and moved to action. This is where you come to listen, learn, change, and grow. Let's dive in. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the How to Turn Your Goals into Reality podcast. I am here with my girl, Jenny, and we are going to be breaking down business, what it looks like to run a business as a blogger, what it looks like to begin to generate some income in your business and what it's like to scale your business. Okay. So Jenny, first, before we get this started, you got to tell us who you are, what you do and who you serve. Yes, absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to have this conversation. So my name (laughs) is Jenny Melrose. I actually started off as a lifestyle blogger way back in 2009, um, where I created quick and easy recipes and projects for busy parents. And then I ended up really being able to turn it into a full-time business. I was able to place a teaching salary of 75,000 and retired at the age of 35 from teaching and was then asked by my other bloggers that I collaborated with in the past, how are you able to do this? Um, And I turned to the side of business coaching where I help bloggers and influencers really understand how they can grow their sites and monetize their influence so that Mm. they can create a full-time income. Mm. I love that. I love that. So they grow their website and they monetize their blogs So talk to us a little bit about that, because oftentimes when I think about online influence and all these things, for me on the outside looking in, and I know that there's a business structure behind it all, but Mm -hmm. it just looks like you, you get on social media, gather a bunch of likes, and how do you monetize the likes? How do you turn 
the that community into paid traffic on your blogs and you know all that kind of stuff. Break yes. that down for us. No, absolutely. So it's really about building that brand so that your audience knows why they're coming to you. What problem are you solving? Whether you're starting off on Instagram where you're having an account where you talk about fashion or you're creating an account where you create recipes, whatever that looks like. And then I always tell people that start off on social media that social media is rented property. It is not yours. You do not own it. You need to have a way in which you have something that is your own. So whether that's a website or an email list, I'd highly recommend, honestly, both. Um, But when you have that influence and you have those followers, what we are trying to do is be able to solve their problems for them and then have them like, know, and trust you so that they want to come to you anytime they have a problem. So let's say, for example, you're gardening. You talk about how to do anything in your garden and you're an influencer that's talking about that on Instagram. Now we want them to be able to come to your blog and get the full article that's going to walk them through how to make sure that their planters look beautiful in the summer and fall. Yeah. Whatever it might be. Um, And the way in which you end up monetizing that is there's multiple ways that bloggers and influencers honestly monetize. One of the ways that most people think of, especially when they hear hear the word influencers, is through sponsored content, where a brand will sponsor them in order to promote their product or service that the brand has. So that's one way, doing sponsored content. A second way is when bloggers have actual blogs, they have ads that pop up when they they have the ad networks. And that traffic that comes to the site they make money from the ads that populate. And the really smart bloggers, the third way is they have their <laughs> own products or services. They'll have a course, they'll have an ebook, they'll have something that is theirs so that they can use their list. They have their people, and their people are willing to buy just about anything they put out there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. So you kind of like skimmed over it really quickly, but this is like really powerful. When you said, they got to know, like, and trust you. And then that turns into, they come to the website, they engage in the content, blah, 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 which we're going to dive more into. Can yes. you break down that know, like, trust process? How do we establish that? How do we create that with our online community? Because these people have never met us in real life, right? It's not like meeting in person. How can they really know, like, and trust you? Talk to us. Yes, I love that. So one of the things that I talk about is I talk about my pack framework. And it's P-A-C-K. The P is for positioning. So that's the first piece is you have to know how to position yourself within the marketplace while answering their question and Mm. solving the problem for them. Once you know how you are different and how you are an expert compared to others, they are going to kind of connect to that. So me, for example, I was a former inner city school district teacher. I always tell people anytime I speak at a conference, I'm used to dodging chairs. So please feel free to ask me questions. (laughs) Literally true story. I used to dodge chairs because I taught in the inner city and that was just part of teaching there. But I am known as a teacher. That is part of my positioning. So because of that, I can educate them, teach them ways in which they can grow their businesses. But at the same time with that positioning, I get a lot of teachers that are automatically connected to me because they're like, Ooh, she talks a certain way. She has yeah. expectations. She's yeah. going to give me homework. And I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not what makes you different than everyone else. Um, part of it sometimes has to do with the way that you grew up 
or what you've done in the past for work or even the family that you now have. One of my favorite stories to tell is I had a blogger that was very successful, but she couldn't understand her positioning and how she was different. She did budgeting, Mm. saw a ton of page views, made great money, but couldn't explain how she was different. And I looked at her and I was like, remind me again, how many kids you have? And she goes, Jenny, you know, I'm pregnant with number 11. And I looked at her, I said, mm-hmm. and where do they go to school again? And she again, got annoyed with me and was like, you know, I homeschool them. And I was like, uh-huh. And I just kind of sat there and stared at her. And like, wow. it was one of those like Joey Tribbiani moments where you could see her trying to connect the dots. And she goes, yeah. oh, I'm homeschooling mom of 11 kids that yeah. budgets my family meals during the week. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. yeah That's what sets you apart. No yeah. one else can say that. And that's yeah. what you're looking for. It's just those slight little things that set you apart and make you different from anyone else. Ah, that's powerful. So that's your first piece is that positioning. And then the next piece is your authenticity. Being mm. authentically who you are, sharing what you truly believe in yeah. and letting it be. Without any inhibitions or feeling like you're trying to prop up this sponsor, but you know nothing about it. Like truly knowing and being who you are and using the things that you talk about ordinarily so that they can feel comfortable with you. And then the C is confidence. Actually Mm. being able to step into that and be able to say, this is what I do. This is why I'm doing it. I'm looking to help you. Let's be a part of the community and let me walk you through this. Mm. Um, So that we can make sure that we're solving your problems. And then that last K is for kindness. And the kindness is all about not only being kind to the, obviously the people within your community, but being kind to yourself. Because one of the things that I run into often with women business owners is that we beat the crap out of ourselves. We set high expectations. We don't, we look at others and look at a 22 year old's journey compared to a 40 year old's journey that has kids and say, why isn't my business doing what that 22 year old's business is doing? Yeah. And it's really not even the age difference, but it's more the time that they're able to come in and other things that are in your life at a 40 year old right. that it may not be in a 22 year old. Right, so right. really being able to look at and see how can I be kind to myself and know what it is that I want to get out of this as a business owner. Yeah. Yeah. That is powerful. And even as you were sharing about kindness, it reminded me, I was recently reading a book and one of the, the things that they shared was if you want your business to thrive and you want people to enjoy doing business with you, then you have to practice treating people like people, right? And it's like a basic golden rule in life. Treat others the way you want to be treated. But we don't think of that. A lot of times in business, I remember when I first got started, it was more of like, yeah, I can help you, but I'm actually really focused on getting the money so that I can like live, right? I got to cover my expenses. And so I need some clients. And so I was underperforming and expecting my clients to love working with me, but I was giving them like subpar quality and subpar like business stuff. And I didn't really know anything about business at that time. I was just getting my feet wet, learning and trying. And, and that's when you said kindness, it's so essential because if you aren't kind to people, not like forcing yourself and like just doing it to get something, but if you genuinely don't feel love for people, they can feel that your clients can feel it. Your community can feel it. And it's not pretty. And there's, there is an aspect to it where when you're learning how to do it, 
you are learning how to do it. So it's not going to feel natural. It's not going to, but you, you get into a flow where you're doing all the things you're in pack, right? P-A-C-K. Kindness is just flowing out of you and it's natural. So I love that that's there, that you actually teach people that. That's awesome. Yes. Yes. I think that that's a big piece because it also, I talk a lot about when it comes to kindness too, is knowing your hate rate, whether yeah. you're working for yourself or you're doing one-on-one services, or you're going to work yeah. with a brand to do sponsored content, yeah. knowing what the rate at which you will hate yourself for doing mm. it and being able to say, no, my time should be better spent doing this activity, whether that's spending time with my family yeah. Or if it's doing an activity within your business to help make it grow. So really yeah. knowing that that is kindness to yourself is understanding mm. where you're going to be able to feel comfortable continuing to do the work that you're doing. Yeah. Um, and I think too, like when we talk about that kindness piece, it is about others. And I, yeah. I think that that's why when I talk about positioning, I often will talk about what problem do you solve? Because mm. if you don't know the problem that you solve, you're just putting content out there. You're just throwing it up mm. against the wall. You're not really putting anything out there. And someone will say to me, oh, well, I'm a fashion blogger and I'm creating outfits. Okay. But what's the actual problem that they're having? Yeah. Do yeah. they, are they struggling? Are they a mom and they're not comfortable in their new body? Like it yeah. can't just be, I create outfits. There's so much more. You have to be able to dive deeper into mm. understanding the problem that you truly solve so that when you cr- continue to create content and want to monetize, it's yeah. easier because you can always yeah, yeah, fall yeah. back into that problem of it being like a heartfelt thing that you're actually trying to do. Right, right, right. Oh, I love that. It's like understanding your mission. What is the, what do you feel called to solving? Like, like, um, what is the, like, like you said, that heart thing that compels you to be on task or stay on, on mission for these specific group of people that you're here to serve. That's beautiful. Beautiful. So let's rewind a little bit and get back to where you, you mentioned all the different streams of income that we can Mm -hmm. have as bloggers and influencers to grow our business. You mentioned sponsored content, you mentioned ad content from the site, and you mentioned building your own product or service. Let's dive into the third one, building your own stuff. How do we build out our own business as a blogger, how do we turn the problem that we're solving into a service or a product? Yes. So it's going to start off like if you're a blogger or even if you're an influencer, you just have Instagram right now, you want to look at what gets the most engagement. What questions are you constantly getting asked in your DMs on Instagram? When you look at your blog content, what is getting the most traffic? What are people finding you for? What are they seeing you as the expert? And then the third way is to actually take it offline in your real life in people that actually interact with you on a daily basis. (laughs) What do they routinely ask you? What are they constantly coming to you and saying? One of the the exercises that I actually have clients do is I tell them, I want you to post on your personal Facebook page and ask people, what's the first word that comes to mind when you think of me? Hey, go getter. It's me T. And I just wanted to jump in and remind you of something that you probably have not thought of today. So instead of our normal commercials inviting you to grab something that would be really helpful for you, I decided to be the one to remind you of this. You ready? You are loved. 
You really are. And this is something that most people walk around completely ignorant to. And so I want to remind you that you're special, you're loved, you're incredibly gifted, and you were designed to succeed at the goals that you have. So don't limit yourself to your current experience or to your current circumstances because you are bigger than those things. And within you is everything you need to accomplish the things that you desire. All right, let's get back to this episode. And ask people, what's the first word that comes to mind when you think of me? Mm. And that honestly is very enlightening to many because what they just think of as part of their personality is actually a huge piece of their brand and what they do and can be turned into a product or service in the, within the problem that they're already solving because they're good at that. So for example, like what, if I were to do that, I would expect to see teacher, like that's just who I am. Um, (laughs) And because of that, I know I need to rely on courses. I know I need to do video content. That's going Mm. to be able to walk them through different ways in which they can expand their business. I love that. Oh, that's so like, it's so simple, but it's so powerful because of the insight that it provides in giving us clarity of like how people see us, how, how we've been branding ourselves and how we can use that in business to communicate with our, you know, new community of people who we're, we're trying to reach and we're trying to help. That is awesome. Very, very powerful. And you mentioned Oh, you said something while you were talking and I was like, we got to talk about it, but now it just slipped my mind. It's okay. Um, It'll pop back in the second we start talking about something else. I guarantee it. (laughs) Always does. (laughs) All right. So you mentioned transitioning from being a teacher to jumping into lifestyle blogging to, you know, now doing what you do. Mm -hmm. So as a business coach, how was that transition? Because I know a lot of people, they find their identity in something for so long. And then it's like, oh, but how do I go from teaching to lifestyle blogging to business coach? Like it's, it's a hard transition for them. How did you do that? Yes. Such a good question. And it is true. It is a hard transition and imposter syndrome sneaks in every second that it can. Um, (laughs) I started off, like I said, as a teacher and I had already been teaching and then I had my first daughter and Uh, I lost myself as a new mother. Like I just lost who I was. Yes. I was a teacher, but I needed something that was my own. And my husband Mm. said to me, he's like, you got to find a hobby. You got to find a hobby. Mm -hmm. And this is 2009 and blogging was just becoming a thing. And back then when you blogged, you talked about the things that you did. It was kind of like a journal. It wasn't really anything like it is today. (laughs) So I started off blogging and then quickly realized and found a community, went to my first conference and sat at a table surrounded by women that were all making six figures as bloggers pre-Instagram. Like Instagram didn't even exist yet. And I was (laughs) sitting at a table with all bloggers that were making six figures and they were so kind, answered any questions that I had, but it opened my eyes to what was possible. And being that new mom, that was also an inner city school district teacher that I was dropping my daughter off at my mom's, which was 45 minutes away to drive 45 minutes back to get, Mm. I didn't see her. I barely saw her. And then I had a second 
And the lifestyle blog continued to grow because I had learned so much from that conference. I tried to educate myself as much as possible and, you know, take the courses and do the things. So I understood how to grow it. Then as the lifestyle blog continued to grow, as I also taught, I would do it at night. I would do it once the little one was nursing and I was home with her. That's what I was doing. Social media, figuring out the best way to, you know, connect on Instagram, whatever it might be at that time. Mm. And it got to a point where the blog was starting to make close to my teaching salary. And my husband and I were working crazy. We were like two ships passing in the night because he was working crazy hours. We had babies. It was a lot. And he said to me, because at that time teaching was getting to a point where I felt like a failure. Every time I walked into school, I was set up to fail because I would yeah. have kids that were just so far behind because of the yeah. district that I taught in. And I said to my husband, I need to get out. I need to be done. Mm. And he said, okay, you've got six months. If in yeah. those six months you can make what we need <laughs> for you to cover your teaching yeah. salary, we'll retire and we'll move. Because we also at that time lived in New York, which is one of the yeah. most expensive states in the country. Yeah. And we moved, said we would move to North Carolina, which we did. So once I came out of teaching and continued to work on the blog, it just continued to grow. That was when I started getting asked to speak. And I realized I'm getting asked the same question and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And that was when I said, okay, I'm creating a course. I'm done Mm -hmm. answering all these questions. It's so much easier for me to just create a course. And that was how the business side started. I kept the blog, had a team running it for the most part, because I was so focused on with the course and the material that I needed to produce for that. Um, And then I sold the blog in 2019 for six figures and was already doing the business coaching and running my own conference and lots of other little pieces that were moving at that time that, yeah, it just kind of transitioned through. I would say though, if you're someone that has a side hustle and you're thinking, when is the time for me to leave? Yeah. Know that it's consistent. I would never tell someone, just take the leap. Just right. do the <laughs> Yeah. I don't care if you don't have, I don't care if it's just you and you are, you know, right. don't have any responsibility as far as kids yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. Still make sure that you have a good nest egg kind of saved yeah. up or yeah. you yeah, yeah. rely on it to be consistent. Right. Right. No, I, I, I agree with that. It's true. Cause a lot of times, we 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 hear the stories of oh this person got fired and then they just zoomed into business and they made a hundred million, mm-hmm. you know, in their first year or whatever. And those stories are great and they're true and they show us what's possible. And just because it happened for them doesn't guarantee that it's gonna happen for you, right? We hear the overview of the story. We don't hear the amount of hours they put in, the the network they had access to, the coaches, the the amount of money they had to put in the business to get that to happen. Like we don't we don't hear all the details. We just hear, oh, in a year it went from zero to a hundred million and we get excited. And it is possible for us, but it's not a guarantee that it will happen. So we gotta um use wisdom and 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 make the best choices that we can make moment by moment and not just do things that are irresponsible, really. Um, yes. In the name of, you know, pursuing a dream. Yes. No, yeah. totally agree. You're exactly right. And I, you said network and I went, yep, that's it. Because <laughs> a lot of times they don't say, oh, yeah. and I was working for so-and-so. Right, <laughs> Huge right, right. name, big guy, yeah. you know, does yeah. all the things. 
And that was the network that we already created. Exactly. You have to, it's your own journey. Um, Do things where you feel comfortable. And it is, you know, it's, I did the things where it was late nights and I was, but I loved what I was doing. And I think that is one of the things that you have to be sure. It's like, as an entrepreneur, you have to love what you do and the people that you serve because it is a roller coaster ride. There are going to be great days. And then there are going to be some things that make you feel like, what am I doing? Right. And if you can't go back and say, okay, I'm solving this problem for these people. They need me. Right. It's going to be almost impossible to continue. Yeah. 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 And this is why there's that statistic of like, I think it's one in five businesses fail within the first year or something like that. Mm-hmm. Something like that. I think it might be higher. It, it feels weird when I'm saying that. It's it's like, I think 95% of businesses fail within the first five years. Yes. Right. So that's a real stat. It's not something that we're just making up. You hear it everywhere. Turn on any business YouTube video. You'll hear it like this. It's a fact. And and that doesn't mean you shouldn't pursue your dreams and you shouldn't start a business. It just means that you get to be wise about how you start your business and invest in coaches, work with Jenny, work with people who have the result that you want and can get you there. And to tell you the truth, when I started my business, that's exactly what I did. I had a friend who was a business coach and they're like, hey, you're starting a business. I can help you. And I invested thousands of dollars to work with this business coach. And that's why now, a few years later, my business is working and and it's not as, it's not a struggle five years later. You know, some people spend five years and they still don't have anything and they're still like, why isn't it working? But they're not willing to make the investment and do what the coach is telling them to do because it works, you know? Yes. No, very much so. And I think it's that aspect that you said, do the things the coaches is telling you to do. Because right. I, you know, you definitely run into that where you're like, I'm telling you, try this, just yeah. try it. And yeah. you'll get pushback. But I think yeah. if you can, like, if you're going to invest in a coach, yeah. Um, yeah. you have to have an open mind. You have Absolutely. to be willing to put into practice yeah. what is being taught. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. And another thing that I love about coaches, just to kind of wrap it up, that they they do what they do because they're passionate about helping you to solve the problems that you're currently facing. It's not just them, like they have nothing better to do with their time or they're trying to figure out like, how can I make a bigger impact? It's them. They've done, they've studied. They've probably had the same struggle. They understand the frustration and the the pain that comes with living stuck in this place. And so they are genuinely like passionate and care about you getting out. And that's why I love working with coaches. And I I love also doing my work to find a coach that is the right coach for me. Because I've had my share of... Jenny's clapping. I'm very much clapping at you stopping. It's really good. Um, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. That is the biggest one I was, will say. Like find yeah. the ones that have done the things that you want to know how to do. Yeah. Yeah. They've actually done it themselves or you have clear results. Exactly. You can speak to clients that have done right. the things that they're saying that right. they are able to do. Um, And you have to find the right personality too. Yeah. yeah, I'm not everyone's cup of tea. I talk very fast. My accents end up mixing really quick. So if I talk too fast for you, sometimes people are like, whoa, you slow down a second. Um, And I have high expectations for what I want you to be able to accomplish. Yeah. So you have to find the right fit personality wise too. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I remember I once spent, this was in 2020. I spent like over $5,000 to work with someone that I was hoping would be a great coach for me where mm-hmm. with where I was at in my business, all that kind of stuff. And I joined the program and it was like nothing that I needed. The person was more of like a cheerleader, encourager type coach yes. and not a like, you know, set the standard Systems. type coach. Yeah. It wasn't for me. And I was like, what, what am I going to do? I've already invested. There's no refunds, all that stuff. So we really got to be careful when it comes to doing our research and finding the right fit. And that doesn't mean, you know, just stay on the sidelines and just forever do your research. No, you got to get in the game, right? Yes. But that just means taking your time to get to know the person that you're considering hiring to work with as your coach because it yes. matters. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Listen to their podcast. Get on their yeah. email list. Yeah, See if exactly. they speak your language. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So what's one nugget of wisdom you would leave us with? So think of think of the person who has not yet started their business and they're thinking about it. They're dreaming about it. They have ideas for it, but they just haven't yet taken the step. What would you tell them? Figure out the problem that you solve in the way in which you solve it and for who you are solving that problem for. Because yeah. I can tell you so many people that I've run into client-wise that are five years in seeing a ton of page views and they're making money off of ads as bloggers, but yeah. there's nowhere else to go because mm. they don't know the problem. They threw spaghetti against the wall. They got lucky with something viral on Instagram right. and it just kind of like built their business, but now they're stuck and feeling like they have to go back and build those, create those building blocks. Right. So really figure out what is the problem that you are going to be able to solve for them and you can truly get behind and want to work with those people. Mm. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. So figure out the problem that you're here to solve, who you're here to solve it for, and then get busy solving that problem. Don't just sit on the idea and think, oh yeah, I got it. Like go post something, you know, go write something about it, start a website, do something and, and, and then check out Jenny's blog and, and see how um, she can help you to get more traffic to the blog and, and increase, you know, your influence through with the problem that you're helping people to solve and, and all that kind of thing. And, and really apply what you're learning. Don't just go and listen to the podcast and say, oh yeah, that was a great episode. Thank you, Jenny. But like really go and do it. <laughs> right. A hundred percent. Yes. All right, guys, I love you and I mean it. And I hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed creating it. And Jenny, thank you again for being a guest on the podcast. You are welcome back anytime. (laughs) Thank you so much, Teresa, for having me on. I just loved the conversation. No problem. All right, guys, see you next week. Thank you.